Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download this program and to listen to us. We are honored that you have done so. We know there's many other podcasts out there available, but you have chosen us. We certainly hope that Christ would be glorified and that you will be edified through this podcast. We pick up new listeners all the time. Most of them are sharing with friends and family, co-workers, and telling them how they found us and, and when we broadcast. And I would hope that you would do the same. Also, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, and there you can find ways of supporting us. We have a prayer request page there. Uh, please go there if you're a prayer warrior, because many people need prayers, and these people have taken time out of their day to ask our listeners for prayers. And we pray here every day for our listeners. We also pray fervently for the persecuted church around the world. And so I want to begin today by reading uh, John chapter 8, verses 43 through 45. That was John chapter 8, verses 43 through 45. And you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. Uh, sometime, uh, if you want, you can probably download many Bibles uh, for free uh, off the internet. Why don't, and this is Jesus talking, why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of the father, the devil, and you want the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Verse 45. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. And today's podcast is dedicated to Brother Oakley, who passed away recently. Uh, he was a very dear, close brother in Christ, uh, a friend. He supported me in ways that I, that I can't express in words. And he is part of the inspiration of starting this podcast and was a big supporter of it uh, to get it off the ground. Today we're going to continue part three of Adam and Eve. Uh, and the creation story and this title for this particular uh, podcast we're going to call it uh, Adam and Eve's expensive meal Adam and Eve's expensive meal and we're going to be in the book of Genesis uh, for the most part but if you want to mark your Bible to Matthew chapter 15 I will be there shortly <clears throat> excuse me the uh, the Dome restaurant in Bangkok Thailand served up uh, what is billed as the most expensive meal ever sold. Okay, so there's this restaurant in Bangkok, and it's called The Dome. And these six chefs who prepared this uh, expensive meal, they were flown in from France, Germany, and Italy. Similar the, the ingredients that they would use were also flown in from all over the world. And as for the guest list, it was made up of 15 people, mostly real estate and gaming Mongols from across Asia and the United States. The cost of the most expensive meal was about $30,000, not including, it would be American dollars by the way, not including wine, tax, and tip. 
The expensive meals wine list uh, certainly fit the bill. Uh, it was estimated that the wine list totaled around $200,000 and included a rare uh, Rothschild estate wine. Five champagnes were also available. When a guest asked how much she was enjoying the meal, she was quoted during her eighth course saying, I can't finish it. Your senses can only take so much. You know, Adam and Eve, they had a very expensive meal one day as well. And it cost Adam and Eve more than they ever really wanted to pay. And literally, it bankrupt them. And the sad thing is, it was not even the best food on the menu. The Bible tells us that God gave Adam and Eve every tree to eat from except one. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, it tells us that there was plenty of good food and good trees to eat from. Genesis 2 verse 9 says, Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow up every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So, if that was true, if that's all they had was they had all these other trees to eat from, then why did they do it? I mean, that's the question. Why did they do it? Well, it would be easy to say, well, uh, the devil made me do it, right? How many times have we heard that or said that in our lives? But it's really more than just that. You see, they picked uh, the wrong item on the menu because they chose to do so. Plain and simple, Eve chose to disobey God. Now, the devil may have talked her into it, but uh, she knew better in what God had said. She, she knew God did not want her to eat and that one and only tree. She knew God had said those who ate of the tree faced death. But she chose to eat of the tree anyway. She made bad choices. Her first choice occurred before the devil ever even spoke a word. Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than all the other any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from the tree of the garden? But the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Well, what did God say she could not do? I mean, if you go back and you really read the text closely, you will find that God told her she could not eat the fruit. But what does Eve say here again in that verse that we just read? Eve would go on to say, God said she could not do, she couldn't eat it, and she couldn't touch the fruit. 
Now she added something that God did not add or put into the statement. Because God did not say she could not touch the tree. There's no wording saying that she couldn't touch the tree. God just said they could not eat. But she chose to add that little restriction. She chose to add to God's command. She chose to improve in her mind on God's will. And see, that's all the little wiggle room, we might say. That little crack in the door that the devil needed to begin to play with her mind. Why would the devil... Why, why would you give him any wiggle room? Because we all do, if we're honest with ourselves. You know, once you get to the idea that you can improve on God's Word, and there's a lot of people that believe that they can, and when you believe you can change it, when... When you want to, when, when you accept that you can tinker with God's will for your life, then it gets easier to improve on other things that God commanded. Once you get used to improving on God's word, you, you could end up being the ultimate judge of what's acceptable and what is not acceptable and what God says. And really the bottom line is that just plain wrong. Because only God has the authority and the power to lay out what he wants. Now, how do I know that it's wrong? Well, because Jesus said so. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 9. And here's Jesus again. He, he, he's speaking here and says, But in vain do they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. You see, in other words, once you get used to accepting these uh, improvements on God's commands, the commandments of men, our worship really becomes in vain. Our, our relationships with each other become empty. Another word for vain is empty or worthless and adding to God's word can make our worship and our understanding to, of him worthless it makes our relationship with him and with each other empty now why would God be so unbending about opposing these improvements well, because the only way that we can really deal with trials and temptations of this life is by clinging on to the very pure, unadulterated Word of God. It is like taking uh, medication. If you go to your doctor and he gives you a prescription, uh, you take it to the pharmacy and they will fill it up and and they'll give you instructions on how that medicine should be taken, how the doctor wanted you to take it. And if you follow those instructions, you really should get satisfactory results. But if you add to that prescription, you might end up uh, with all kinds of dangers uh, and problems by not following the directions on how to take that medicine properly. Now let's say... Uh, you don't tell the doctor that you're taking another medication. And it's dangerous to mix 
uh, two kinds of medication because one can cancel out the other one or uh, make them useless to you or uh, maybe have some kind of reaction that really uh, could be very dangerous and threaten your life. Maybe you're allergic to it, uh, it and you don't tell your doctor or, uh, the allergies that you might have. A wise patient takes the medication that their physician prescribes and no more and no less. And we have a great physician and he tells us this, you cannot add to God's word with the advice of horoscopes, uh, tarot cards, psychics, um, crystal balls, whatever. You can't add to uh, God's word. You cannot add to his teachings. You know, the teachings of the Discovery Channel or PBS or the History Channel, they are not inspired from God. And I kind of like watching some of those type of shows, and you kind of really got to weed out all the, the Gnostic views, uh, the anti-Christian views, and, and just really enjoy the creation that God has made. But you see, you cannot mix the pure medicine of God with the advice of often, so often, ungodly uh, psychologists, sociologists, uh, the teachers of evolution, and, and there's many other perverted type doctrines out there. And mostly, you cannot mix the commandments of God with the man-made doctrines uh, of various preachers, priests, or church leaders, whatever you want to call uh, that person, you just cannot do it. Well, actually, you can do all of that. God gives us the freedom to do that. And you can add to God's word, just like Eve did. But sooner or later, the devil will use that against you. Just like he did with Eve. He used it against Eve. So Eve started out by making a bad choice. She, she added to God's word. And that is the avenue that the devil took to deceive her the rest of the way. I mean, Eve started really to deceive herself and thought she was doing the right thing. And the devil took advantage of that. Now notice here back into Genesis again. Notice how the devil tempts her. Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, she had gotten used to not fully trusting in God's command. So the devil, he just took her the rest of the way. Essentially, the devil told her that God had lied to her, really. I mean, that's really what he does. The devil told her, you're not going to die. You're not even going to get sick. And the devil says the very same thing to us today. There, there are no consequences to your choices. How many times have we heard that? See, you can dabble with this sin or that sin, and it's not going to hurt you. You can be as bitter, vengeful, and hateful as you want. You can be lustful and sexually active with the same sex or outside of marriage. You can be proud and selfish, self-righteous. And it's not going to make a bit of difference 
because there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no judgment. There is no hell. There is no eternal regret. Just do what you want to do, and it will not damage your soul at all. It'll be okay, because God lied to you. And that's exactly what the devil always pits you against God. The devil will always say God lies. The devil will say God lied because he knows when you eat of this, your eyes will be open, and God does not want that. The devil continues to say that God, uh, he really doesn't want the best for you. He doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to enjoy life to its fullest. He doesn't want to keep, he just wants to keep you fat and dumb and happy. You see, because not God knows once you eat that fruit, Eve, you're going to be just like him. And that's not going to happen. So, you know, God is, he too is jealous and he's not going to allow you to do that. But God wants to keep you under his thumb. You know, God wants to control you. I mean, that's what the Satan does. That's what he says. And he says, come on, Eve, do you, do you really want to live your life? Do you want a life to be controlled by an uncaring, selfish, spiteful God like that? Are you serious, Eve? Throw off those shackles and those religious do's and don'ts. Quit being a, a goody-two-shoes, he might say. Live life to the fullest because you deserve much better. You know, really. So Eve, she begins to think about all that. And, and then she begins to look at the tree. Verse 6. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Oh, all of a sudden, there's Adam. You know, it, was Eve hungry? Well, the text doesn't say so, but probably not. Were there no other trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food? Genesis 2 9 says, Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every fruit tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The devil's lies had already taken root. And when, when she saw that the tree was also desirable for gaining wisdom, Wisdom that God had lied to her about. And so she chose to disobey this God who was so unfairly denied her her right to have these blessings. Eve chose to disobey God. But at least Eve had an excuse, right? She was deceived. That's, that's what we're going to think or tell ourselves. Well, turn with me over to the, to the New Testament. Keep your thumb there in, in Genesis. We'll be back there in a moment. You see, Adam and Eve were deceived. And we might say, well, I really can't understand that. that is, that's really not what the text says. Eve was deceived, but Adam was not. 
Now look, now let's go through our next uh, few verses here in the New Testament. And you will find, never find, that Eve was uh, being the bad girl of the story. But who gets to really, who really gets to blame here? It's Adam. The Apostle Paul blames Adam. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered to the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law of sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. Even those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who has to come. Not one woman, but one man. And who was that man? Adam. And why does Adam get to blame? Because he was not deceived. But he gets, he gets it worse, really. You see, Adam was also to be the head of of the house. He was supposed to have that male leadership that God has always, always laid out that men are to be leaders in the kingdom. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate and she also gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. So where was Adam in all of this? I mean, he's sitting there listening to all of this. He's watching it. He's not out doing a bunch of honeydews. He wasn't uh, harvesting any crops. He wasn't mowing the yard. Or Adam was with Eve when the devil deceived her. He was there when, when the devil accused God of lying. He was there when Satan said they would not die. He was there when Satan implied that they'd have all kinds of these advantages if they just ate the fruit. Adam was not deceived. He did not believe a word that Satan was saying. I, I can't find it anywhere in the text. So, why on earth eat this fruit? Why would Adam, who was not deceived, disobey God? Well, the short answer really is, he chose to. Now, I don't know precisely what Adam's reasoning was. The, the Bible does not tell us. My best guess is that Adam ate the fruit because of this. He believed God. He simply just did not trust God. Think about it. God said the day that you ate of the tree, they would die. And Eve eats of the tree first. So what's going to happen to her? Adam's thinking, ah, oh, she's going to die. And I don't want to lose her. But God will kill her for this. God does not understand how important this woman is to me. I can't trust him to take care of this the right way. I cannot trust him to fix the problem. So, I have, I, I'm going to have to do that. I think Adam reasoned, if, if I eat the fruit too, God will not kill both of us. 
He might make one of he might take one of us out of this world, but not both of us, because he loves us too much. And I can't let God take both of us. So I'm going to force God's hand. I'm going to put God. Uh, he's going to have to fix this problem on my terms. I wonder if that's what really went through Adam. You know, when, when faced with trials and temptations in our lives, we need to believe and trust. We need to believe God not only exists, but we also need to trust that He will take care of us. He will reward us when we earnestly seek His will in our lives. Adam and Eve really did not do that. And that's why they both failed Eve failed because she did not trust God's word. Adam failed because he did not trust God's faithfulness. And they both ended up eating one of the most expensive meals in history. In all actuality, they they did not eat the most expensive meal in history. Do you know what the most expensive meal in history was? It's called... Lord's Supper. It really doesn't seem like much. It's just unleavened bread and grape juice in our minds. Cost the church a couple of dollars a week to, to do the communion every week like the Bible teaches. It doesn't cost our congregation really that much to make this communion meal available. But listeners, I'm going to tell you something. It costs Jesus his blood. It cost him his life. And he paid for this meal with his life. And his purchasing uh, this meal, Jesus, he undid the damage that Adam and Eve brought us by eating the tree that they were not supposed to eat. One man spoke of a contrast between these two meals by contrasting the trees from which was harvested. And the first one is this. The first tree was planted by God, but man planted the second tree. God forbade a man to eat the first tree, but man is freely invited to draw near and to eat the fruit of the second tree. Number three, the eating of the fruit, first tree, brought sin and death. But by eating the second tree comes life and salvation. Number four. Adam, by eating the fruit of the tree, was turned out of paradise. While the repentant thief, by eating of the second tree, entered paradise. You see, we need to understand that the blood of Jesus has already purchased paradise if we accept that free gift. We need to know who Jesus is. We need to believe in Him. We need to trust in Him. We need to be faithful to Him. Others need to know us as Christians, as as disciples or followers of Jesus, all the days of our life. I'm not saying that's an easy road to do or hoe. We have listeners who are persecuted for listening. We have listeners who risk their lives to go to internet cafes and download and listen to this podcast. 
we hope and pray that every listener would be thankful for God that Jesus did come and has provided us with life, eternal life, that cleansing blood that washes us clean from all of our sin. Well, next week we're going to finish up this series a creation of Adam and Eve. It'll be number four or four next week. And that title will be Blaming God and in Hiding from God. Again, I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this. Uh, we appreciate your, your time to listen to us. Please go to our webpage and check that out at biblicalquestion.com. We're on Twitter and, and LinkedIn now. Uh, please follow us. Uh, we, we post news and different events there occasionally that we think that might be of interest to Christians around the world. And we pray that you would support us in some way that you can through uh, prayer, uh, another financial means, telling others about us. That's, that's great. We love that. Most of our listeners uh, have found us because somebody recommended us. We, we appreciate the positive emails that we get and the encouragement statements that we get and uh, the questions that come in. We try to answer those. And so if you want have a question and you want us to answer them over the podcast, please email us or through that contact page or at biblicalquestion, all one word, all lowercase, at juno.com. Again, we thank Brother Bill Oakley uh, for being the encouragement of getting this podcast started about a year and a half ago now approximately in his uh, in his support of that we will dearly miss him but we know that he has gone to receive his reward and we can't uh, wait we're excited that someday we too will be with him in the throne room and we want you to be there with us if you need help finding a congregation in your area we will do our best to try to help you uh, i can't make big promises there but we would try well, I hear uh, a lot of emails more and more that uh, churches have closed their doors uh, because of the COVID situation and have not reopened, even though they can and uh, open in most areas now in the United States. And so we will do our best. And we do know people in other countries. If you're wanting to know where you can go to church, if we know somebody in that country, we will point you toward that person. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for all that you do uh, for the kingdom of God. May God bless you, and may God have the glory.